and welcome to another edition of Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast starring Kurt Schlichter. Today, well today folks, is a very special day because I'm going to try to not say um. That's right. Look, I go back. Look, I'm an army guy. I after action review things. I do an AAR. Hot wash. Some of the cool kids say, I try and figure out how to do things better. And one of the things I'm working on in my many guest appearances, in my many guest hosting appearances, and my multiple podcasts, because I also guest host the Hugh Hugh affiliated podcast, Fighting Words, which you can go over and find on Hugh Hewitt's thing. I swear less. I talk less about the Never Trumpers and their eagerness to have their wives serviced by the domestic help. That's not really the Hugh Hewitt thing. So I kind of like keep that separate. I talk a little more seriously, uh, do a little more army stuff. Anyway, anyway, I listen to my own stuff. Is it because I love hearing the soothing sound of my high nasal voice? Yes. Yes, of course it is. But another part is the after action component. I want to figure out what I can do better. And one thing that I have noticed is that I have been saying, um, a lot, especially when I talk really fast. I'm, um, 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 and, and then, um, 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 this has to stop. And I've been mocked. I've been soundly mocked by such, uh, uh, professional radio superstars as the great Chris DeGaulle and the great Larry O'Connor, who, by the way, share a video chat with me here for Town Hall VIP Gold Members, boom, every Thursday night from 5 Pacific to 8, uh, eight Eastern. Uh, it's supposed to go an hour. We usually go like an hour and 40 minutes, and we're all drinking wine or some other beverage, and it's it's everything that you can imagine it would be if me, Larry, and Chris were together drinking and talking. Our goal is to make it, you know, basically a conversation between the three of us. I think we do that, and that means a lot of talk about stupid people and about how Democrats suck and about how never-Trumpers like to have their wives serviced by the domestic help. So that if that's your thing, if that's your, ooh, go there. But anyway, those two superstars with me, they're both like real pros. I mean, they're good. Yeah, you got the radio shows. Larry's got two radio shows. Chris has his own radio show. He's a daily podcast. I feel like it's a daily podcast for me because I've got like, what, two? So basically two days and seven, I'm doing a podcast. Anyway, they don't say, um, they don't say, um, I say, um, all the time. I'm going to try and stop that. That's the goal for this podcast. And I need your feedback. I love your feedback. You can see me on Twitter at Kurt Schlichter, spelled just like it sounds. The toast of Stuttgart, you know, because Kurt Schlichter's a German. I'll give you the history of uh, my name at some point, maybe later in this episode. I don't know. Let's do something here. I, I, you know, I have no real direction today, except I'm going away from ums. I'm over here. Ums are over there. I'm heading off in the opposite direction. Are you going to follow? Are you going to join me on this journey? I think together we'll grow. We'll begin a journey of a thousand steps. Begins with one joke about never Trumpers having the domestics help service their watch. You, you, you get it. You know who I am. You know where I'm at. Help me not say um. If, if, give me the feedback on the Twitter, uh, and you can. Always, always email me at my super secret email address. It's kurt.schlichter at townhall.com. That's kurt.schlichter at townhall.com. I try and get back to you, but I, I get these great things. I'll get these long letters from people who are saying interesting stuff. I mean, I read everything and I'm like, okay, I'm in the car. I'm at a red light. I can't really answer it. I shouldn't even have the damn phone in my hand. And then I see my new habits. I throw my phone on the floor. 
I just throw it on the floor. If I have to answer a call, I can do that through the phone. I, I, I you know, I, I throw it on the floor. So if I'm not answering your emails, it's probably because my phone's on the floor. And then I'm like, oh, I got to answer this one. I'll do that when I get home. And then I get home and, you know, chaos erupts, barking, bite ear after something. Anyway, so no ums. We're going to fight the ums. Let's see if I do any ums. If I do any ums, I'll catch myself. If I do an um, I'm going to drink some of this wine because I am drinking wine. Yeah, I know it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm locked in my house. What the hell am I going to do? And if I don't say any ums, I'm also going to drink some wine. So uh, how long are we going to be locked up? Don't know. No idea because I'm in one of those communist states, a Democrat state, state of California, run by Gavin Newsom who started off strong, but he's getting worse. I don't know when the hell we're going to be done with this. I think a lot of these guys are starting to enjoy it, and I think we need to be over. You should read my town hall column. It's the free one. It's Mondays. You should read the Monday, uh, April 20th. Another, um, hold on. I'm not going to be able to drive after this episode. It's the Monday, April 20th edition. I write something that basically says, hey, we're reopening whether you like it or not. And my thesis... My hypothesis is that the conservative states are going to go hell-bent for leather to open up. This is going to create a dichotomy because the liberal guys have no incentive to open up. They like the power. They're, it's fun. This is fun for them. They don't really want this to end at some level. I'm not saying they like people dying. I'm just saying that kind of, you know, if you're like a fireman, you don't want your house burning down. But you like fighting fires, so there's kind of a, you know... It's kind of a thing going on there. Democrat governors are like that. Plus, there's the added benefit. They think they can use this as leverage against Donald Trump. And they're going to try, aided by the communist garbage cesspool media. I don't like the media. And when the media dies, I will dance on its grave, drop trowel, and uh, download last night's wine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have, see, there was an um, hold on. The only grave that's going to stink of urine more than Jane Fonda's is that of the mainstream media. So anyway, anywho, you should go read my town hall article, which should be out today because this is going to come out on uh, 420. The day all the stoners are like, yeah, man, 420, freaking great. You know what else 420 is? Hitler's birthday. So I'm not calling stoners nazis i am not saying that if you take bong hitch you're practically Goering or goebbels or himmler or any of those guys. i'm not saying that but i'm not not saying it so they're again another dichotomy we're doing a lot of dichotomies and conundrums today here on unredacted the kurt schlichter podcast that is rather pointless and just goes off on tangents. But if you like tangents, stick with me. I don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know how this is going to end. I do know there are some things I want to talk about. Again, like the opening up. Now, as I sit here, we are still being held up by Marie Antoinette Pelosi. She's dwelling in front of her very expensive refrigerator, her very expensive artisanal gourmet locally sourced chocolate ice cream while businesses crash and burn around her she does not care she does not care 
She understands that many small businesses, perhaps most small businesses, are in fact conservative. They're Republican-leaning. She wants them to die. If they can kill off every small business there was, they would. If they could force you into giant corporations, which experience has shown can be cowed and controlled by a corporatist Democrat party, they would do so. Hate Walmart? They love Walmart. They love Walmart so much. You think they want a hundred little independent stores? Because little independent stores are independent. They do what they want. They're rebellious. They're not obedient. But if you only got to control one, if you only got to put pressure on one like Walmart, Walmart's going to look at it and go, well, the government's mad. I, I better obey. So it's a lot easier to control a few giant corporations, as we have seen, rather than tens of thousands, maybe even millions of small businesses. Think about that. Welcome to Woke City, Mayor Kurt Schlichter Population, you, the Town Hall VIP member. We're having a good time today. Let's talk food. All right, I want to talk a little about food, and I want to talk a little about something my mom made. I'm not going to tell you my mom's super secret spaghetti recipe that comes from uh, Denora, Pennsylvania, where uh, near where Salita Zito dwells. She's like my homegirl because she she is also from the Monongahela Valley kind of area around Pittsburgh. Well, she's in Pittsburgh, and this is outside, but you know what I mean. Sean Parnell's up there. He's running for Congress against that Connor Lamb guy who's the Ted Lieu of uh, Eastern Pennsylvania or Western Pennsylvania. Ugh, Ted Lieu. They're both, they're both absolutely obedient to Nancy Pelosi. They refuse to raise a stink because she's destroying small businesses by refusing to refill the uh, Paytech Protection Program. And it's pretty appalling. So anyway, back to my point, which I have studiously avoided for the last 30 seconds in that tangent. I'm making some today. It's not my mom's spaghetti. It's my mom's macaroni. That's what we had. She called it macaroni. Different than her spaghetti. Here's what it is. Some people call goulash. Yeah. American goulash. I've never heard that until somebody... I I put the recipe out on Twitter. I said, here's what you do. You brown some ground beef, about a pound of it. You take an onion, chop it up, throw it in there. Start browning it. Take a quarter of a bell pepper, throw that in there. A little Italian seasoning, little salt, little pepper. Then you take a can of diced tomatoes. I like to spice it up, uh, and that's about uh, uh, 24, no, 28 ounces, 24, 28 ounces. I like to spice it up with some tomato paste. I like to thicken it a little and then just let it cook. It's over there cooking now, so that's my thing. And then you will boil some macaroni, and you will throw it on top of the macaroni. you got to let it sit for a while, though. If you throw it in and don't, it doesn't permeate the macaroni. Amazing the second day. It's like a different meal the second day. Really. So you make twice as much as you need because you want to have some the second day. I will talk about leftovers in a minute. I'm against them. They're used food. They failed the first time. Now they want a second chance. No second chances. You conform or be cast out. Thank you, Rush. Not Limbaugh, the Canadian band. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. Anyway, not, was it Neil Peart? It was the, whoever the drummer was. Is that Neil Peart? I don't, I don't remember. The drummer died. Is Neil Peart the drummer? I don't know. I'm like today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean guy uh, in my Red Barchetta. And uh, overrated band, also Canadian. But nice guys, apparently. So, uh, Getty Lee? No, Getty Lee was the lead singer. It's Neil Peart. Okay, back to macaroni. Uh, so I put this thing out on Twitter and people are like, 
that's goulash. I'm like, what? It's American goulash. My mom used to make it for us. And everyone's like, yeah, it's good. And there's somebody else who said, no, it's like Smugmalian or some weird ass thing like that. It sounds like something that fought Frodo. It's Smugmalian and he's got a wand. You know, he's a dragon. What the hell is Smugmalian and what's it have to do with macaroni? Okay, so I call it macaroni. Family calls it macaroni, not macaroni cheese, just macaroni. And some people call it goulash and others call it smigmalian or pigman some some maily it's some smug malian-y thing i don't know what it is you know i'm sure it has a magic ring of some sort a plus two elf saber um for you guys who are in the dungeons and dragons thing hold on while we're talking i'm going to walk over here and take a look at it. i may have to stir it hold on listen yeah listen to that savor the magic savor the beauty of macaroni by any other name is just as tasty it is so good too just throw some parmesan on there do i have some french bread i need some french bread for it and you know life in quarantine you know i'm like always really excited if there's something i need it's like oh i can go to the store for me that's like a party now even though there's always a line about out uh, people at this place it looks like they're all lined up ready to walk into an operating room and chop out some dude's appendix. I don't know what the hell's happening. Now we've got lines to get into stores. And boy, you know, these poor, poor guys who work there, they're having to deal, especially my neighborhood, like Manhattan Beachy, South Bay area, where everybody's snotty. And now they've got like these 19-year-old kids going, um, excuse me, you have to wait to go before you can go. And people are like, do you know who I am? My cousin's brother's veterinarian once met Dom DeLuise. I think I should be at the head of the line. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. This is how they roll here. I love the place. It's, it's beautiful weather. You got a beach when you're allowed to go out on it. You're communist. You're allowed to and uh, damn it. I, uh, you're allowed to in Florida. You're not allowed to out here. I don't know why. I don't know why. You're like, yeah, I'm listening to this podcast and everything. Every 30 seconds, Kurt was drinking something. Well, I got a glass of wine and I got some iced tea. So unsweetened because sweetened iced tea is a dessert. It's not a drink. And that is final. Oh, cripes! I forgot the most important part of the macaroni and the most controversial. You take, okay, you've taken the macaroni, you brown the meat, you put in the onions, you put in the bell peppers, you put in the Italian seasoning, a little salt, a little pepper. You put in the diced tomatoes, about 28 ounces. You put in some pe uh, tomato paste. You put in, and this is the most mom thing ever, a quarter cup of Heinz ketchup. I'm going to let that say, yes, yes, you do. You put ketchup. Oh, my God, that's the worst thing ever. There is such a controversy on Twitter. People are like, yeah, that's that's how a mom makes it. And everyone's like, I will not eat it if it has ketchup in it. Put the ketchup in it. It's good. It's got to be Heinz, not Hunt's. Yes, I know John Kerry married Mrs. Heinz. I get it. I'm doing it anyway. Because Heinz is the only ketchup. It is the necessary condiment. It is uh, right up there with mayonnaise on the great hierarchy of condiments. Down below goes mustard and salsa and hot sauce, but uh, damn it. Ugh. Mm. Oh boy, that's a, that's a refreshing. Uh, yeah, you put a little ketchup in there. You gotta trust me on this. Trust me on this. It's good. 
It's unbelievably good. By the way, anybody out there put uh, ketchup on steak? I occasionally do. If you think less of me, hey, it's my steak. It's not a mistake. You heard me right. Get it? Oh, my gosh. We are treading water here in a sea of mediocrity, but that's okay. I'm throwing you a life preserver of excellence. That's the Kurt Schlichter magic here on Town Hall VIP. Look, if you're expecting a coherent, well-developed, informative podcast session where I've sat down and researched things, written a script, or at least an outline, and perhaps even rehearsed what I was going to say, are you stupid? Do you know you know who I am, right? You 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 joined Town Hall VIP for a reason. So you must read my columns. Do you think I spend a lot of time researching stuff? I do as a lawyer. That's why I refuse to for you. I will not bother you with facts or figures or supportable assertions. In that way, I'm much like the liberal media. Except I'm correct. I draw on my vast well of experience. My bottomless depths of knowledge, my towering and partially justified ego to provide you with the kind of podcast entertainment that your dollars buy when you join Town Hall VIP. So anyway, what have we learned today? Well, we've learned that Nancy Pelosi is an inhuman monster who wants to destroy small business as we know it. We've learned that you should have already read my town hall column of today, Monday for 20, whatever, 2020. It's all fading together. And that if you had, you would already know that we are coming out of this quick. It's going to be a race to the finish line because the conservative states are going to pull out and all the guys in the commie states like mine, California, are going to go... What the hell are we doing? Texas is rocking and rolling and we're cowering in our, you know, $2 million one-bedroom cottage. We've also learned how to make macaroni or American goulash or smigmalian or whatever the hell they call it. We've learned so much together. This is a journey. It's, you know, it's not the destination. It's the journey. And I feel like I've got more than a feeling here. See, because journey and that's a song that they did, which the guy who looks like Neil Pert, but he's not. I forget the guy. Who is that? Steve Perry? Was that Steve Perry? And then then they found like a Journey karaoke guy and made him the Journey guy, the Journeyman. By the way, fun fact, the high school I went to, which was right down in San Mateo, California, right down the street from the high school that... Greg Gutfeld was going to at the same time. He was going to Sarah, which was the private school for uh, rich kids, and, or at least upper middle class kids. And I was going to Aragon, the high school for public high school for upper middle class kids. So it was all upper middle class kids. Either you paid tuition or you didn't. He was down the street. Mine was Aragon. The only distinguished attendee of Aragon in its uh, 60 years of existence is Neil Schoen of Journey, the guitarist. He went there for like a month or something. True fact. Couldn't make that up. I mean, I guess I could make it up, but that'd be really stupid to do. But I thought it tied into, you know, our journey rush thing that's occurring and happening for reasons and because. So anyway, where does that leave us? I don't know. 
I'm wandering. I'm like, I'm a lost soul wandering in a sea of destiny. Throw me a life preserver. Okay. How long are we going to, how long is this going to go on? Let's do the over and under. I think by May 1st, we are going to see states clamoring over themselves to open up. Now, they're going to try to sugarcoat their failure to adequately prepare us and adequately predict what's going on. Because remember, until like last week, everybody's going, well, you know, until there's a vaccine, we're going to have to have all you people locked up obeying us. I think about 2027, we should be done. 2028, that'd be cool. It's new normal. There is no new normal. There's only the freaking normal. I'm not going to have a new normal. I'm not going to walk around like an operating room Frito Bandito with a stupid thing around my mouth forever. I do like the idea of social distancing, but that's only because others annoy me a lot. And I don't really want to be around other people or talk to them or interact with them in any way other than in the podcast form or on Twitter or through my super secret town hall VIP email address, Kurt Dodge Schlichter at townhall.com. Those are my limitations. I, that my, my new normal is my old normal and your old normal. We should only have an old normal. Our goal should not be to get into a place where we're terrified to do anything. Our, 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 Goal should be to get back to where we were, where we're kind of doing our thing and rocking and rolling, where the economy was kicking it old school, where kids were going to their old schools instead of staying home and pretending to be going to school on the computers. I don't know. I'm not buying that. I'm looking at that. I'm going, this looks like a giant waste of time. And here's the thing. If I'm wrong about it being a giant waste of time, if it actually is not a giant waste of time and they're learning as much or more or nearly the same, haven't we made a giant mistake in building a giant, hideous public school infrastructure that gives us no benefit? Lots of people are getting woke to what's happening. Lots of stuff's changing. If you are going to college, okay, or you got a kid going to college, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. What are you getting for it? What are you getting that you wouldn't get if your kid was sitting at a computer doing classes? Well, let's see. Your kid could get a social disease. He could get, you know, cirrhosis of the liver. He could get turned into a damn communist. Those are real things that could happen. What else? Or getting a better education? Look, I, I think there's always going to be room for the traditional four-year education. You know, kind of the Hillsdale model where you actually go there and you're with other people physically, you know, 24-7 in the dorms and interacting with professors. That's kind of a real thing. And I think that kind of boutique bespoke educational experience will always be there at some places. There will be a minority of places that do it. But look, all these middle range colleges, the one that costs $60,000 a year and you've never heard of them, is here at University of Gumbo. We pride ourselves on a liberal arts degree and our refusal to accept the concept of gender in any form whatsoever. They're going to die. They're already going bankrupt. They're going to die. Because people are saying, okay, you want me to spend a quarter million bucks for your shitty degree from your shitty college and, and it's turned my kid into a little asshole. Or my kid could stay home, piss me off and annoy me a lot, but actually learn the same or more online doesn't cost a quarter million dollars and he doesn't get a tramp stamp of Che Guevara right over his shit box. That could happen. 
I think people are going to go for option two. I think this is speeding up what was always going to happen, which is technology was always going to drive people out of the market for a useless four-year degree. I think we will see people gain their degrees much faster when you trim the fat. It's going to be much more utilitarian. And we're going, oh, we won't have well-rounded citizens. Look, I've seen the well-rounded citizens these colleges are putting out. They're little assholes who can't tell which, uh, which bathroom to take a piss in. They're communists. They hate America to the extent they know what America is. They don't think there. They they don't think that history started before the Kardashians arose from the primordial muck. They're little assholes and they're little dumb shits. And I don't think we should be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to generate an entire generation of butt munches. Plus, plus, we're subsidizing a bunch of useless academics. We are giving money to people who want to hate us and destroy us. And the only reason we're doing is somehow people are somehow, for some reason, allowing themselves to be shamed into thinking, oh, they'll say I hate science and education and stuff if I don't give them all the money they need to turn my child into a little asshole. I'm, kinda, I'm good. I'm good with academics thinking I'm stupid. I'm good with academics thinking I'm a bad person who doesn't measure up to them morally. I'm happy to have academics think I deny science in all its forms. Now, I did their shit, all right? I got their freaking credentials. I got a degree from UC San Diego. Try getting into UC San Diego. Roll those dice. You are not going to. Okay, it's not like a 5% acceptance rate. It's a really good school to them using their criteria. I think it's a little, you know, I think it's a little asshole factory and I won't give them a cent. They don't even call me anymore. I'm like, uh, they'll call me up. Hi, would you like to ex help others experience the, the, the joy of UC San Diego through the alumni fund? Yeah, you stole against free speech? Well, I, I yeah, you are. Fuck off. That's pretty much how I handle it. And in Loyola Law School, which is one of the top three law schools in Los Angeles, which is saying something. Uh, it's the one where all, you know, there's, you, you know, if you're a spoiled rich kid, you go to USC and then your dad gets you a job at a big firm. If you go to US, uh, US uh, or UCLA, you're like super smart. You get out and you go to a big firm, but they never let you go to court because you don't know shit and you don't know how to deal with other people because you, you were... You were kind of guy who got into UCLA. And if you go to Loyola, you become the trial lawyers. All right. The guys who actually go to court and freaking kick ass, they're the UC, uh, they're the uh, Loyola guys primarily. So that's anyway, that's, that's the one I went to. You know why I went there? Because they answered my freaking letter from the golf. I was like in the golf going, you know, I gotta, I gotta do some after this. And the army kind of sucks because it sends me to places like Saudi Arabia. I'll do my active duty time, but I got to do something. Maybe I'll go to law school. I could party for three years, which I did. So I sent letters, I think UCLA, USC, and uh, Loyola. And I think you, Loyola was the only one that answered me. I was, the only one I got back was Loyola. They're like, uh, sure, great. Yeah, fine. Somebody wants to come here on, by choice? So anyway, that's what I did. And then I got, went to the United States Army War College, not the war college that uh, expert on expertise Tom Nichols went to. Uh, that's the Navy War College. It's a lesser war college. Uh, I mean, you know, sure, Army has a reputation as being a party war college, but you know, you know what I say. I uh, 
we did have toga parties. There were many of those. I got my strategic studies degree. So I guess the point, besides giving you my freaking resume, is that I got your freaking credentials, you academic shit boxes. And uh, I'm not impressed. I am distinctly unimpressed by you people. You suck and you can kiss my ass. And when academia dies, let's bury it right between Jane Fonda and the mainstream media so I can go out there with one full bladder and all I have to do is pivot to give them all the respect they deserve. And what you deserve is respect for ponying up to be part of Town Hall VIP. And thank you for joining Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter, the Kurt Schlichter podcast here on Town Hall VIP. I want you to read my columns every Monday, Wednesday, it's just for you VIP people, and Thursday. And then I want you to join me Thursday afternoons with Larry O'Connor, Chris Stegall for our video chats as long as this pestilence persists. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. California time. Keep the kitties away. We work a little blue. Um, Follow me on Twitter. Oh, another um, and I'm out of wine. Follow me on Twitter, at Kurt Schlichter. Get my books. They're amazing, and I'm writing more of the fifth one, Crisis, today. But uh, People's Republic, Indian Country, Wildfire, and The Amazing Collapse, the most recent one. They're a lot of fun. You should check them out. Bill Crystal called them appalling. I call Bill Crystal a dick. So I guess we're kind of even in that way. Ahoy. Check out my Hugh Hewitt affiliated, more serious, less sweary podcast, Fighting Words. You can go over to the Hugh Hewitt site. And join me back here next Monday for Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter. Thank you, Town Hall VIP members. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye.